Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Do a podcast? Ouch, that sounded quite painful. But yes, let's do a podcast. <laughs> they always are. Hello and welcome to In The Pocket. My name's Johnny. And my name's Chris. Two totally average bass players. And we're here to talk all about that bass. As well as answering your questions at home each week, we take a look at the latest news and break down some turns to give you guys the lowdown on the low end. Oh, it has been a monumental week leading up to this podcast. Um, I've been away at Download Festival where I um, might have bumped into someone I knew or, you know, kind of met before, but not really. It was Chris Horrocks. It was me. We finally met. We finally met. We proved that we are both real people. (laughs) (laughs) I could touch your face finally after seeing you digitally. I thought you could have just been like some AI or something talking to me and, you know, stealing all my money or something. But here we are. Exactly. Here we are. There we, sorry, there we were. (laughs) There we were. Here we are. In a dusty field together, uh, enjoying some Alter Bridge. And uh, yeah, it was... Lovely to see you in person, mate, and uh, have a lovely embrace. Um, and somebody, I thought we'd have, you know, we could have a bit of an extended discussion about the festival and how we got on, etc. Because uh, somebody uh, asked the question of, uh, how's the lifestyle with your new husband? <laughs> We're very happily married. It's going well. We went on a honeymoon to Donington. <laughs> <laughs> ghost yeah, it was, it ghost was, um... initiated it. <laughs> Literally, yeah, it was. It was. Uh, <laughs> it was. It was really nice to see you, actually. I know because it was funny. Yeah, where I told loads of people that. Oh yeah, me and Johnny have never met. Daisy in the last episode didn't know that we'd never met before. Yeah. Um, you are around about the same height I thought you'd be. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I you give you give off tall man energy. <laughs> not not big dick. Just just tall man. Okay. Tall man. Big. Very. You give off bigger. Oh, what's his face? Uh, this is going to sound like an insult. Um, what's his name? It's not from the office. It's not Stephen. Is it Stephen Merchant? Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I was say, you give off a very big Stephen well, the, Merchant, well, the, and the, I can only the think Somerset of um, accent and <laughs> exactly. And I can only think of uh, you know Jojo Rabbit, where he plays the uh, the is it the SS? Yeah. He plays the SS, and he keeps knocking on the knocking on the door, and he's so incredibly tall. Like they've made him way taller in that film than <laughs> they have in everything else he's in. But like, yeah, Hello. it was very wholesome. <laughs> it yeah. is. I won't say the actual line they say because I think we would get cancelled uh, if we said the actual line. Oh, one hundred percent. Or Spotify's algorithm or something would pick up that we are uh, promoting a, a certain political party, and uh, we are not. <laughs> should, should we move just, away? <laughs> yeah, I think we should. Uh, just to clarify, well, just, that's just, not what me and Johnny are no, into. No, no, good, no, no, no. Good film, though. I recommend. Yeah, fun time, fun time, but not that exactly. Yeah, it was so good to see you. We, um, it was a challenge to get like. There's just no signal at that festival. It's wild. So then we're trying to text each other. 
this set's going on, this set's going on. I was stuck in a queue for something and then like, oh, it's wild. You're in a queue for hours. And then I will say though, I know the signal wasn't great, but when I, I don't know what it was like for you, but when I was at Slam Dunk the other week at Slam Dunk North, mm. no service. Oh, worse. Zero. Yeah. Worse. Zero. And I think Slam Dunk had like worse parking situations as well. Cause like we, we were a bit annoyed about our download parking situation because we had to like, no, oh, yeah. Go and park at the other one. Nightmare. But yeah, but it was fine. It was fine. Um, but yeah, I, I absolutely loved it. It was my first ever one going to. Um, and we stayed the whole time. We were there from Wednesday to Monday. Um, and yeah, saw so many bands. Uh, I don't, I think there was only one set I watched that I was like, mm, don't really like this or this isn't. This isn't that good. Name and shame. Who was it? Oh, it was asking Alexandria. Oh, I mean, not a controversial opinion, but they have absolutely passed it, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. No. I, I. So there was the album with like Alone in the Room, because I've never been a massive fan, to be honest. It's more great friend. album. Great album. Yeah. I think, is that self-titled by them? Oh, I don't know. It's the, the red it might, one. It's, it's yeah. a red red yeah. one. It's got Alone in, yeah. the room, Alone in the Room. It's got something else. That album slaps. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so I was like, "Ah, oh, yeah, they'd be good to check out." Actually, and yeah. so my friend like was like a big fan of them back in the day, so check them out. And we all like we stayed there for a couple of songs, and we were like, "This is rubbish." And we thought it might have just been that second stage because we didn't love that second stage. Um, yeah, it's very like the the, the space around it isn't great. I think, but um. We're like, oh, maybe the sound here is just bad. But no, every other band on there sounded amazing. <laughs> so we were like, oh. Well, the viewers may or may not be aware, but Johnny was there for the full weekend. I was only there for the Thursday, mm. which as time went on, because my, my girlfriend stayed there the entire weekend. And as time went on, I was like, God, I wish I was there for the full weekend. Because you'd be like, I'm watching this band. Like, Shit. <laughs> now I'm watching this band. Shit. And now I'm watching some of Metallica again. And I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> but there was one band on the Thursday that I watched who I thought were I hate to say it music is of course subjective but I thought they were utter garbage and I remain I'm looking for someone to convince me that they're actually good because I think they're terrible go on I watched Pussifer on the second stage oh yes you said you were Maynard there Maynard Keenan from Tools other bands mm. and I love Tool like Tool are one of my favourite bands as a as a bass player especially, but overall I really like Tool. I could not I, I sat there and watched them because my girlfriend's friend really wanted to see them. So I thought, yeah, we'll go with you, it's fine. Like, you know, you you came with me to watch this band, you weren't too keen on Ginger, but you, you know, it swung you around in the end. Mm. And I sat with them watching this going, I have not heard a single bar of music I've enjoyed so far. <laughs> and then I was even more annoyed because when they went quiet. I could hear Hailstorm on the main stage uh, going, yeah, I bet this, I bet that was good. Yeah, yeah. great. Cheers. Yeah, it, it was really good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that sucks. That sucks. I haven't heard them before, so we didn't check them out, but our friends want to see Hailstorm. We're like, hell yeah. Hell yeah, we'll check that yeah. out. Yeah. That was great. Yeah, I wish I'd gone to see... I mean, I've seen Hailstorm before. I think I've seen them three times, but the last time I saw them was a long time ago uh, i think it might have been when i was last at downloads that would have been like that would have been 2012 well no, sorry i was there last year but last time hailstorm were there was uh, 2012 and that was when like the first album had come out well uh, well the curious case of where it's all like all the bangers yeah. basically um but yeah 
what was your um did you have any particular bass tone highlights of the well, weekend? Uh before I go on to tone, I'd, I was talking about Hailstorm. They go on had some very tasty basses up on stage. They had a 51p, a mm. like a 50s style, like late 50s P bass, like chrome coverings and stuff, and anodized gold. Big God. Uh and and a all black aerodyne. There was three bases in one set and I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> Come on. Um so yeah, I, my, in terms of tone, I couldn't really, I was quite far back, so I couldn't really hear the defined tone of those that well. But tone-wise, I actually really liked, um, I've seen Casey a few times, but their bass tone was really, really nice. Um, and that's all like, um, it's a Squire jazz bass and a Fender Mustang, uh, all going through like a dark glass rig, basically. Um, very that, you, very you. <laughs> yes, I was like, oh, oh bloody hell. Um, I tell you what, there was one uh, bass rig I heard from as I was leaving a tent, and I was like, oh my god, that sounds incredible. But we were we were late going to another set, so I couldn't. I was like, ah, oh, kind of want to see that a bit more. Um, and it was who was it? Oh god, do you know what the bloody band was? Who was it? Oh, was it hot? No, not hot. Monkey. Oh, I'll have to look. I have to look at the bloody set list again to see who it was. But it was basically a Fender full Fender basement rig um, with what looked like a Sans amp on the floor um, and a Fender American PJ bass, and it sounded awesome. It was like really driven, but like so loud and just super punchy. I'll try and again, find that. Sounds very you as well. To be <laughs> yeah, fair. exactly. The the two things that are just defining me. I noticed a lot of um, uh, loads of Ampeg gear. Most of the stages had Ampeg eight by tens, which is you know just classic industry standard stuff, really. Well, yeah, that'll be that'll be because that's the most abundant thing you can hire in. Because it's just every gear rental company will be like, right, get an SVT, yeah. an 810, that'll do. Exactly. So loads of that. And, you know, who knows what you're actually hearing, though, whether that's they're taking anything. Well, obviously you're not going to be hearing that. It's going to be coming from uh, DIs and, and cab sims and things like that, probably, rather than micing probably. that up. But yeah, um, but yeah some, some tasty tones. I actually really like the tone of, um, there's a, a Japanese band there called Sim, uh, and they were, we only realized they were there we didn't recognize the name until the day before um, when we were sat at our campsite and went, recognize that name. And my mate just gasped and was like, guys, do you know who, what song they do? And I was like, no, I realized it's the opening theme to the latest season of Attack on Titan, which is like oh, this cool. it, okay. really, really great, heavy as fuck song. And we were like, oh my God, we to go there and they were one of my favorite bands it was so good they're like heavy with like influences of reggae almost in there as well they do these like offbeat things uh and it, okay it just it sounds weird but it sounded phenomenal really really liked it um and they the, yeah the basses they had was like he had three as well one of which being this custom jazz bass which just sounded sounded awesome uh what about yourself did you he manage to hear anything in particular that sounded delicious uh, yeah, well, I mean, again, I wasn't there anywhere near as long as you were. In fact, I was there 25% of the time that you were there. Well, no, technically more because you were there on the Wednesday and the Monday. But mm. anyway, that point's irrelevant. Uh, yeah, I think for me, 
the I'm just thinking what the best one was in no particular order. Really loved the bass tone from Ginger. I thought that was really good. Mm. It's called Eugene something. I can't remember his surname. I also probably can't pronounce his surname, but yeah, it's Ukrainian, isn't it? Um, yes, uh, he had that really cool um, overload. Is it overload? They're yeah. called overload basses, like custom shop, yeah, headless bass thing that was all relics. And then he's still using on his pedal board on the floor a HX stomp. What <laughs> <laughs> a legend! Exactly, but I think he has a, another bass pedal for the drive part, and that might be in the loop of the HX stomp. Mm. However, very cheekily. I've seen some things on Instagram, like Instagram reels of it like panning, and you can see his pedal board. He's covered it over. So he's definitely done something where he's like, I'm not (laughs) going to tell you what my tone is. And then eventually he's probably going to have some sort of signature product appear. But there is a video on YouTube from a few, like quite a few years ago now, where he uses a helix as in the floor unit and he breaks down his bass tone. It doesn't sound like it's changed too much, but that was really good. Uh, Brian Marshall from Alter Bridge, his bass sounded amazing. He's um, a music man, five string into a Ashdown, yeah, Ashdown something. But there were a lot of Ashdown cabs on his side of the stage. Not sure what he uses in the pedal department. I did see a rig rundown a while ago where I think he has a Sans amp going into an Ashdown. I'm going to guess maybe like an ABM or something like that. Big 900 watt amp powering a lot of uh, a lot of bass cabs and then again not in a particular order because i reckon brian marshall's tone was the best one but metallica opened with creeping death which i was obviously over the moon with yeah. and there's a bit where it goes down to just bass and drums for quite a while and uh the bass just oh it was naughty it really? was really like when i listened to it in isolation as in when all the band dropped out it was just bass and kick drum it kind of sounded rubbish, mm. but when I say rubbish, it's because it was there to fit the mix, not sound good in isolation. Like it was really, really honky. Yeah, you know, like a massive boost at like six hundred hertz. Yeah, but then like almost no treble. It was really interesting, but it fit in with the rest of the band really well. And I think Robert Trujillo plays Warwick. I think he's got a Warwick bass, and I think they all use. Well, I know the guitars are Axe Effects, so I'm assuming the bass will be Axe Effects as well, but what it is, I have no idea. Yeah. Well, bloody hell. So, well, that's quite a lot of insight there for, from what you could see from afar. I found that I couldn't really get close to stages very easily. Uh, and I was quite far away, so like hearing bass tones was quite difficult. Well, I was a million miles away for all of them as well, but I just knew that information going in. <laughs> and it, it's, it pains me how, how difficult it is to get video clips or to see the bass player at all from on the screens yeah <laughs> you just don't get unless they're going mental like the alexis on fire bass player looks like he's about to kill someone every time they play yeah he's like, eyes wide open like wired i'm like oh my god um and so like and he's going mad and so the camera's on him quite a lot but like if you're not doing that you're getting nothing true i noticed with ginger's set that they basically showed like none of the bass player for like half the set. Yeah. Because it was like the camera crew constantly flicked between the drummer and the singer and occasionally the guitarist. Yeah. And then all of a sudden there was like, it was like someone got told off because all of a sudden (laughs) it just constantly flicked between the bass player and singer and then a wide shot. There was no, no medium or close up shots of the guitarist for the whole second half of the set. It was really strange. 
Wow. Well, giving us some love, clearly. They're like, oh, this exactly. Guy, gotta get this guy. Um, one set that I thought there was some insane bass sounds on was Nova Twins. Like loads oh, of. Oh, yeah, big time. Yeah. Heavy ass bass. And like, obviously, there's, there's two of them in there, uh, one of which is just dedicated to playing bass and lots of synth things going on on there as well. Sounded incredible. Um, so I was a big fan of that. Um, and then I don't think if there are any other standouts from there. There's quite a lot of like standard fenders and uh, well, mostly fenders really. And, and Music Man, I think, is the second runner yeah. up. But you know, that's, that's standard across it, I suppose. I did see one Yamaha and uh, very little on the Epiphone Gibson front. Uh, but I only had one band that didn't have a bass player. Which I was quite surprised. Oh my at. god! I know that. That Who is was it. Biggest ick, but name uh, and shame. It was as December falls. I was going to ask you about this. Yeah. I was going to ask you about this because, uh, like, I've got a few of them on fa- a few of them on Facebook, and I saw they uh, showed like a set picture, and there was just a drummer and two guitarists, yeah. and then a singer. Also, um, Lake Malice, mint band, big fan of Lake Malice. I'm pretty sure they didn't have a bass player either. Ah, oh, I'm I'm not sad that I didn't miss them then now. Ah, <laughs> oh, because yeah, I was going to go see them. I was like, oh, that's one that I've heard's good and should check them out. And then I uh, didn't yeah. get around to. Uh, so mm. no loss there then. Um, I know. I'm gonna have to ring them and tell them. Right, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they um, yeah, that that always disappoints me a little bit. But and and it was kind of that thing of where you can you can tell. I, I maybe it's just a bass player thing. I mean, obviously it is, but I can tell when I'm listening to it. I'm like, mm, that doesn't sound like it's here, or like it doesn't have the same impact, especially on a festival stage. I think I can tell because it. And I'm sorry, bass players. I can tell because it almost sounds too good when <laughs> bass is on track. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. it's, the the low end is embedded into a backing track. Yeah, which means it's super well produced you know yeah. really well eq'd really well compressed yeah. edited sounds amazing it sounds too clean yeah and it almost sounds like the whole band's on a backing track it's really strange to to me at least to me at least yeah but then of course it sounded in that particular set to me it sounded like it was like the studio version of the tone and then the guitarists are playing over it and i was like yeah uh, it doesn't feel like the bass is there you know um, and because I, I was looking, I was like, doesn't sound quite like it's there. Oh, it's not there. <laughs> that's why. Um, yeah, that's a complete because those are two completely different sounds as yeah. well. Like, what works in a recording studio, I can't personally guarantee will work live, no, and vice versa. No, we've discussed um, that on here before where like you change your tone, don't just keep the same tone that yeah. you used to record with because it's going to be used in a different way. Unless, of course, you're playing in like silly big venues and it's all like you know but if you're just playing in the venues we play in it's a completely different kettle of fish yeah absolutely but uh but yeah did, uh, fun fact before we move on at all um we put up a lovely reel of us embracing we did um when upon us first meeting uh and i lost five followers <laughs> you are you serious <laughs> yeah wow i was like wow really that's pretty that's that's pretty homophobic i'm not gonna lie insane insane wow you lost five followers yeah you weren't kidding when you said if you post something not bass related yeah yeah people like like wow. no no thanks um but to be fair i haven't done like a big like thing about 
and then it has been base related, but about like gear specifically, maybe for a couple of days or for like a week whilst I've been away. But yeah, they saw it and were like, oh, no, thanks. <laughs> I mean, I would argue it's incredibly base related because it's you meeting up with the co-host of your podcast, well, which yes. is about base. But if they're not like, base, that's not a base, you know, maybe that. I'm, I'm trying to justify these probably homophobic people who are not able to look at two men embracing <laughs> several times over a prolonged period i might add yes cheering whooping well put it this way if you're listening to the podcast right now and you decided to unfollow johnny just know i don't like you no me too me too me, exactly and i don't want you looking at my stuff okay yeah go away it's not even for you friendly yeah friendly things anyway uh only friendly things here Exactly. Shall we? Uh, anything else you want to say about Download Festival? I think overall I had an amazing time. Very hot, very dusty, very sweaty. Uh, and so it felt like I was wiping off like layers of dust and sun cream. Yes. Which is nice. Yeah, no. Um, had a very good time. Very nice. Lovely weather. Uh, I've been in the past which chucked it down, so it was quite really? nice that it was nice and sunny. Uh, really wish I was there for the full weekend. The reason why I wasn't there for the full weekend is I was supposed to play a gig on Saturday and uh, it basically just got pulled off me on the day, which wasn't very nice. Are you joking? Yeah, I lost it on the day, on the oh, morning. I was, I was playing a wedding, yeah. I was playing a wedding and the band messaged me on the morning basically saying, um, not that the wedding's off, um, you're off the gig. And they got someone else in. Oh. On the day. What? Yeah. So... That's not great. If you um if you book musicians, if you're listening, uh please don't do that because obviously that's way too uh that's way too short notice for me to attempt to fill the diary and get yeah. the money. I wasn't paid like a deposit or like an apology payment. That has happened by the way. I'd like to add some people if you're very lucky, if something happens and they have to take the gig off you or the gig's cancelled, let's pretend if your fee was two hundred pounds, they might give you like a we're really sorry, here's 50 quid as yeah. like a, an admin fee, like an apology. That's only happened to me once in 12 months. But I've also not lost a gig on the day. But yeah, um, yeah, I won't go into it in too much detail because I'm not, not in the habit of slagging people off, especially publicly. But just know, it's not cool. I was very, very, very annoyed when it happened. And uh, it's quite likely I won't be working with those people again. Well, no, of course. If someone does that to you, musicians, if someone does that to you, um, you are worth more than that. You are very good at your job. You're very good at playing an instrument, especially if you get paid to do so. Just don't let people do that to you and just uh, don't work with them in the future is my, uh, is my professional opinion. Yeah. So yeah, wish I was there the full weekend, especially to watch Metallica again. And uh, Brimley Horizon were apparently amazing, mm -hmm. I'm told. Proper and good. And Slipknot were amazing. Have you got Brimley Horizon tickets? I have. As have I. Yeah, where are you? Wait, where are you going? Well, I'm not going to be going to the one you're going to. Well, which one are you going to? You tell me where you're going first. I'm going to Birmingham. Yeah, I'm not going to Birmingham. I'm going to oh. the venue 20 minutes from my house in Manchester. <laughs> I, did, I didn't know where else they were going. I knew two places, Cardiff and Birmingham. <laughs> And we Fair don't, enough. And we don't like the we don't like the Cardiff venue, so we're like, let's go. Back. Oh, really? I've ne never been. Is that the Mortar Point Arena? Yeah, it's called. Utility, okay. it's called something else now. But um, yeah, it's just I've seen them there twice before, and like the venue's just not great. And we're like, we went to see Paramore in Birmingham. We were like, let's go there again. Great. What is the venue in Birmingham? Oh, that's something Arena. 
Uh, oh, that's good. Well yeah. done, something arena. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't remember the name of it. I don't know the name of these things. I just fair enough. I just go take my money as a ticket. Done. Well, easy to remember. They are playing at the. Um... Oh, it's not called that anymore. Oh no, exactly. See, <laughs> I was going to say they were playing. They're playing at the Manchester Arena, which ah. is what it was called for a long time. It's now called the AO Arena, as in AO, the fridge company. They own it, and but for ages, everyone calls it the MEN Arena. Because right. it used to be owned by Manchester Evening News. Yeah, but like but, the O2 Academies used to be Carling Academies, didn't they? Yeah, of course. But um, that's a really good venue. It's absolutely massive. It holds 24,000 people. Bloody Nora. Um, yeah, this but... Is... Um... Go on. No, I, I want to extend this random uh, awkward pause. Okay. We'll just sit here for a minute. Yeah, yeah, Hopefully yeah. someone listening will think their uh, phone's broken. <laughs> Right, um, no, no to speak for five seconds. The utility utility arena in Birmingham. Incoming call. <laughs> Alexa, play. Stop it. <laughs> I know. Let's if, if you're listening to it right now, let's break your phone. Hey Siri. <laughs> no phone, no, my phone's just done it. <laughs> Buy the guns. No. No, 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 no. <laughs> I forgot the point I was gonna make. But yeah, I'm I've Sorry. got tickets. I'm very excited. I've never seen Brim of the Horizon oh, Line ever. Nice. Apart yeah. from watching them on TV and stuff. So of course I'm very much looking forward to it. Um what was the other point I was going to make? It's at the Manchester Arena, which is a very good venue. Seems to get skipped a lot these days. A lot of arena touring bands now seem to do like the Northeast. They'll do Leeds or Sheffield and then Birmingham. Yeah. So Liverpool and Manchester is getting skipped loads on tour dates, I've noticed. Wow. Wow. I don't know why. You know, they've, they've heard about the, the clientele, I think. That's totally fair. Should we, um, should we move on, considering we've spoken for about 30 minutes about how we met up and it was very nice? Yes, let's do just that. On to our next segment. It's time for the news. Are you? Is that you introducing the news? Are you taking my thunder? Uh, no, you can do it. I just wanted to. I just wanted to put that in. I will <laughs> probably edit whatever you say out and leave what I've just said in. Yeah. Okay. Brilliant. Uh, we're here at the news. It's time for the news. Um, short news segment this week, but a good one. Um, this was just a confirmation, really, on what we had uh, had leaked to us before from Squire because they have released the new Paranormal range. And the only one of note, of course, that's been released is these new Squire Rascal base. Man, uh, just, just, when I saw these leaked, I was obviously super excited. And now they're here. Uh, I love that they just drop them. They're like, available now. Here you go. And then they'll probably all be sold out. Um, they're about 380 pounds, I want to say, or around 40. Correct. Yes. 379 according to a gag. There you go. And you can pay for it on Klarna. Perfect. Perfect, perfect, perfect. What a lovely thing that is. Yeah, short scale, offset body, looks a bit like a, it's kind of not really a Jaguar style body. It's more like, um, I don't know what it reminds me of actually. It's just like an offset jazz bass almost what it looks like. Um, very cool. It was like a bass six, I'd say. That kind of shape. Very, very cool. 
dual like mud bucker humbuckers in there short scale matching headstock comes in this insane like emerald green color with a mint pit guard and then you can get it in a metallic black as well which i'm sure is a lot nicer in person than it is in the pictures um because that's i've watched the anderton's video on it jewelry isn't a gift you give just once it's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it blue nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price go to blue and experience the convenience of shopping blue nile the original online jeweler since 1999 that's blue to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion blue millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from noom like evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds salads generally for most people are the easy button right for me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And they were saying like, oh yeah, like these black ones are actually really nice, but they just don't come up in the images. Um, and I thought the green one looks even better in person on those videos my god it looks awesome um so yeah super excited to get my hands on one of these to, to try them they sound good uh, uh the things demos i've heard have been very limited um so far so i'm looking forward to uh hearing a lot more um i watched low end lobster's video and he said it was really good so i trust his opinion uh and i look forward to trying it out for me soon are you as excited as I am? No. <laughs> I set you up for that one. I know. There's nothing wrong with it. It, it But again, it, we've come back around to the thing of like, I, I've i never played a short scale bass, so I don't really know if it's like, this is amazing, or this is terrible, etc. But I do agree. The green looks really nice. I don't know anything about mud bookers. Um, I don't know. I have no insights on whether this bass is mm. good or not, but I can tell you, like I said, uh, the green looks really good, and I think it will be a very popular base. Yeah, for sure. The Rascal used to be a really old model, um, which I didn't really know that much about, but it used to have three single-coil like lipstick-style humbuckers, like a bit like a strap setup. Interesting. Um, so cool for them to bring it back in a slightly different way. I suppose that's why it's the paranormal way. That's their kind of... This range is almost like mashups of different guitars and things that you wouldn't see normally. And I think Squire is a perfect vessel for Fender to trial up those kind of things. Um, and it's my one of my favorite ranges because uh, you get some really cool, cool products coming out for like and people's like dream guitars, like a telly with a strap set up in it. Oh my god, you know, and that somebody is going to be like, yes, I've always wanted that kind of thing, like that kind of thing. So love it, love it. Very excited, and yeah, woohoo! That's all the news that we have for this week. Um, shall we move on to our next question? Let's do just that. Johnny, it's time for question two. But uh, before we jump into question two, if you would like to submit questions for the podcast, you can do so by keeping an eye out on our Instagram stories, where we will post a little question tab uh, just before we record the episode which is quite funny because I forgot basically to do that. So uh, if you wanted to ask me a question for the podcast, 
that's too bad and you'll have to wait till next time. But yes, Instagram, submit your questions or you can just drop us a message if you've got a good question and we'll keep an eye on it. And uh, yeah, it is time for question two, which unfortunately has nothing to do with our recent marriage, but it's about bases, so that's good enough. That's fine by me. Question two for this week, are free and more pickup bases the future? And I would like to just jump in and say, I can't say the difference between the number free and the word free, as in how much does that cost? It's free. <laughs> how many would you like? I'd like three of them, please. Uh, can't do it. Don't know why, I just can't. So I'm referring to the number of pickups. Are free and more pickup bases the future? I, I liked it. I'd like to ask the other question. Uh, you know, free bases, the future? Yes, please. Yes, they are. Yes, Cha-ching. please. Free or more, aka full price. Nice. Well, as the price. Three pickup bases, triple pickup bases, if you like, Chris. Bit easier for Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I will, I'll edit all of this out. <laughs> are triple and more pickup bases, the future? Wow. Um, so I'm trying to think of examples of like, triple pickup bases you've got the gibson g3 um from 70s and 80s uh there have been there's like the reverend um mccalley i think it is the triple j1 three single coils yeah uh the alpha that i had recently the cobia has three single coils um don't really see triple humbuckers like that um but you know it's that strap thing where you got Three single coils in a row. You know, that's the most common example, I suppose. Uh, and you do oh, see... you've got the you've got the Dingwall, the NG3. Yes, that's got yes. Three pickups. That's what I was going to ask you, because yours is a two, isn't it? Yes. However, I did recently find out you can just take the pit guard off and buy a new pickup and wire it in. Yeah. The body is the body is rooted to house the third pickup already, oh, well, makes, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, actually. well, that makes sense, doesn't it? Because then they don't, it's less work for them to True. do multiple different ones for different yeah. orders. And I will do that in the future because at the moment, it, when you turn it to three pickups, you get the option to have the two exterior pickups in parallel, mm. which would be more like a jazz bass sound, which I think would suit the sound of the ding wall a little bit more. It mm. does have a parallel option on what I've got, but it makes it a little bit more of a music man kind of thing. There's still a lot of mid-range, whereas yeah. I kind of want a, a more scooped option, basically. You want a scoopy-poopy. Nice. I want a scooby-poopy. The, um, yeah, and it's, you know, it's probably common for a lot of people listening to have never tried a triple pickup bass before because they're not, they're not that common. Um, and I would love to see more because only since, you know, Gibson G3 is one of my dream bases i think they as well as looking phenomenal sound incredible i love them uh and when i was really excited to play the alpha that really kind of took my excitement for triple pickup bases to the next level um i was like i have got so much versatility here and just all three on is just the best sound it sounds so good because like when you've got like a double humbucking bass I always think with like stingrays, I always just prefer the classic single coil, uh, single coil, single pickup in the bridge. Like I always just prefer that over the double humbucker version. I don't know, that might be psychological, but that's always just my go-to for that. But this is the first time I've been like, yes, more, give me more. Um, and it was, it was awesome. You can have all, lean some loads more versatility. I'm, I'm surprised we haven't seen more bases 
that can a bit like the old grabbers where you can have a movable pickup like if you've got yeah. some, if you've got three like and move them around like that would be very cool because then that would just be like ultimate versatility um, in what you could do you know you could have put two together and put them in the bridge and then have a single in front and all those types of things um so yeah i think there's a lot that can be done with triple pickup ones and this just adds more versatility um as you can kind of switch between all of them so yeah very very cool indeed uh have you had experience with any triple pickup dingwalls or like with uh, many others no i don't think you have actually but i was just thinking in relation to the question i don't think they're the future at all really because i i still think the best two bases you can buy are one pickup bases and that would be a music man because I also much prefer the one pickup Music Man model and the P base yeah. again, one yeah. pickup. So, yes, I don't have much experience with triple pickup bases, but I also don't, I don't think they're the future at all. I, I think what we already have is already brilliant and there's no reason for it to be like, more is more. Yeah. I, to be, yeah, to be fair, I don't think it's the future like everyone's going to be using them. I think we'll, I think we could see a trend of more like, like the Squire Paranormals, like them trying to do that True. kind of thing because it hasn't really been uh, looked at and addressed by manufacturers on like a mass scale. I think it's only small examples like the ones I've kind of listed that we're seeing um, are not really like loads of people trying it out. So I think it could be the future in, in that sense of people giving it a go is like we're running out of ideas. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'd, I'd, three or more, I've never tried to f- or even seen a four pickup base before and I don't really know if there's a point in that. I'm picturing a bass now, which is like a jazz bass, but from the bridge all the way through to the neck is just loads of pickups lined up together. And then you have like nine switches to turn them all on and off again. It's, like, it's the George Lucas edition. Exactly. Added... Someone will build someone will build that. It's the Michael Bay signature bass. <laughs> just all the bells and whistles, every single thing possible. It's going to be Sire that do it, and then there's going to be like a million knobs and switches on it as well. True. Nice. Speaking of Sire, yes. you you stole my segue, but I'm going to celebrate it. You kind of set me up there. You set me up, but well done. Well played. A great cross into the box. Well done. Let's move on to the big bass debate. It is time for the big bass debate. And as we have previously mentioned, literally about 15 seconds ago, this one is about Sire. Johnny, Sire is the best budget bass manufacturer on the market. Discuss. Uh, I would say uh, yes. Yeah, there we go. Big swings. Yep, easy. swings here. So... First of all, I guess it's worth talking about what we are defining as a budget base. Um, yeah, I'm going to say around the £400 mark and under, I would say. You know. Yeah, I was going to say around, around the 500 mark, mm. maybe under 500 I would definitely class as budget. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, let's go with that. But y- then, if you were to describe budget and affordable, like I'd say, like budget is going to be like two hundred pounds and less, and then affordable maybe a little bit more. But I, I'd like, to, I'd like true. to look at this from because Sire have their toes in both of those pools. Is that saying? Don't yeah. Think so, so 
I think that we can talk about that whole price range, really. So let's go. Let's go for yeah. under like five hundred pounds, and because that, yeah. That well, who? Loads. Well, who would? Uh, who else would be swimming around in that market then? So you've got Sire, you've got Squire, you've got Harley Benton, G and L. G and L is the occasional Epiphone that drops back down. That Yamaha, moment. yeah, and then you've got. Yamaha, and then you've got some of like the little brand ones that you might get in like the Argos catalog and stuff like that. <laughs> Sterling. Um, well, ignore them. Sterling. Sterling, of course. Yeah. Um, I mean, just racking off that list, I think it's Steyr by a country mile. I really do. Why do you think that is? Because I don't, you don't seem to see anything to do with a cheaper Sire base being pretty terrible or you, you whenever you see Sire products, you always think, hey, that's cool. Like things like the rolled fretboards or the sort of decent active electronics in there with more than just like a bass and a treble. There'll be some more interesting things in there. Roasted maple necks. I know Harley Benton have just started adding roasted maple necks into that that kind of price range, but it was sire for quite a while. I don't associate a lot of cheaper Squire stuff with being that great. Just in my experience, I know I I, I doubt that's true for you, but a lot of sires I've played have been, sorry, a lot of cheaper squires I've played. I've not really liked that much. I like my squire jazz bass. But that's a, that's a classic vibe. Classic vibe? Yeah, and it's really old. I think it's from 2001 or something like that. So it's, yeah, that's like golden era classic vibe, you know, apart from like the vintage stuff. But I never used to consider Harley Benton as great until recently. And I think what they brought out now has been incredibly impressive. Sterling, yeah, or the Music Man sub range. They're meant to be very good. Again, I've I haven't played that. My music man is a sterling, but it's not under five hundred pounds. I think I paid about eight nine hundred for it secondhand. So yeah, yeah, they're they're about eleven hundred new. I think those ones. Yeah, the Ray thirty four. Yeah, for me, Sire, they have the best features and quality control for that price range. I think I think they're just the kings of that. Like. The I I really like their passive stuff as well. So like the P five and the V five, yeah. D five that they do, just their standard two P bases and a jazz. Um, I think they the like you say the rolled fretboard edges are such a fantastic feature. If you if, if no one out there has tried it, you need to. It is so so nice. It makes you pick up every other bass and go, oh. <laughs> so it's not as good. It doesn't have those rolled edges. Um. But it's 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 really really good. I definitely think there's, you know, a big turnoff point for Sire for a lot of people is the headstock. People are like, oh, get that boat oar away from me, <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> and uh, it's it's uh, the headstocks must be a tricky thing to design uh, legally. Oh yeah, even, Le- you know, there's a minefield. Legally like- is your main problem because if you do anything like a fender headstock, they're going to sue you. So it's like, what do you do exactly? Yeah. And just like. And that's the problem that G&L have as well, because everybody loves G&L. I never hear, same as Sire, I never hear bad things about G&L, like the products, just about the head stock. <laughs> They're like, ah, no, it's awful. It's just the, like the price you pay. Well, you mentioned in your, I remember you mentioned in your review of one of them where you said it kind of looks a bit like a music man, but it's got a big, massive neck. And it kind of like spoiled it for you, if I remember correctly. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that one, the L2000, wasn't for me. But people who like those basses love love those basses. Like, I, ne- 
Andrew speaks very highly of it. AMP. He, yeah, he yeah, yeah. speaks very highly of it. In fact, he's just had a fancy custom-made base just like that one. Yeah, essentially. yeah. He same, a five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His other ones are five as well. Oh, um, right. Okay. And he got it done by another Sarek, which is oh, yes, whoa, incredible. So cool those bases. They are so cool. If you're listening, <laughs> uh, yeah, come on. My That's address enough. is in your message requests, just so you know. That's another brand that do a triple pickup base, actually. Oh, uh, PPPs. Yeah. Well, I wish. J-j-j-j. But, uh, Sire. Yeah, I think the, the headstock thing is just a personal preference at the end of the day. It still doesn't make it not a good budget-based brand, because I think it absolutely is. I think for that price range, it's the best. I, you know, I still haven't tried any of their more affordable stuff from like the V3 range, okay. um, which is their like under 300 pounds range, right? because it kind of competes more with the affinity range. And people say great things about that as well, um, but I haven't personally tried them. Um, another tip point for Sire, I suppose, is the versatility of their lineup. Like... They've got the M series as well, which is the more, I would say contemporary, but the more like, I suppose Music Man style tones, active basically, you know, and uh, more humbuckers and things like that. So they've got, you know, lots of versatility in their catalogue. And yeah, I think Sire do amazing things and I'm always excited to see what they do next. And they just always seem to do something that's like industry changing and there's like, whoa, like big impact stuff, which is cool. Um... Other brands I'll throw out there. I said Yamaha, again, a brand that people love and always underestimate. Um, I think they're brilliant. I've not had a bad one really before. I've had ones that I'm like, oh, this isn't quite for me or something, but not one that I've thought is bad and people seem to really love them. It's, I think it's worth shifting the conversation now to the really affordable market, like the proper budget around £200 price mark. Um, mm. And, you know, the big player here is, of course, Harley Benton, um, who offer fantastic, amazing bases, I think, um, around that price range. I think, in my experience, actually, they're better when they're cheaper. <laughs> the, I actually prefer the more affordable ones they offer compared to their higher end ones. The best one I've had has been the 51P base style one, which is like 90 quid or something ridiculous. Mm. Well, I mean, historically, I know it's not the retail price, but my Squire Classic Vibe, I bought for £75 secondhand. (laughs) And that that I've put a lot, I mean, I know the pickups have been upgraded now, and that obviously speaks a lot for it, but I get so many people who pick it up and have a noodle on it and go, this plays really well. Like, just, it feels real, it feels good in the hands. Nice, nice. I like knobs as well that feel good in the hand. Oh, the knob, the knobs on that don't feel very good. It's the EMG, uh, oh, no. it's the EMG jazz bass preamp, and um, you've mentioned this where they don't give you knob covers, right? So, so they're just they are sheet unsheathed, exactly, and uh, nothing, uh, nothing seems to fit on top of them unless you buy the specific one or have something made, um, and it kind of looks hideous. But I'm also kind of considering making it passive again um, because the body isn't made to accommodate a pick a, a battery so yeah. if it dies i'm completely screwed and the emg preamp 
turns off when the battery dies. It doesn't uh, Love that. drop in volume or the Dingwall one. I don't know how they've done this. The EM, the Dingwall, uh, oh, what's it called? The tone capsule? Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is, there is no volume change between active and passive at all. Amazing. And I even experimented the other day. I, I took the batteries out just to see what would happen. The bass runs passively, completely normal. And then when you just flick the switch to take it onto the preamp, the volume turns off and that's it. Yeah. That's literally it. And I was like, that is so, that is so good. Like, whereas I've had my music man die and there is a, just an unbelievable dip in volume. And you're yeah. like, oh. Yeah, it just sounds so bad. Sometimes it can go like farty and fuzzy as well when they're running out of battery and things like that. Yeah. Well, that's what happened. It sounded like I'd turned the fuzz pedal on and just brick walled it. It was horrible. <laughs> Going back to the question, I think Harley Benton, um, a strength that they have is that they do so much. Like they do one of everything. Like you want a Rickenbacker, here you go. You want a Thunderbird, here you go. You know, like they've kind of copied, done them all. Um, yeah. So there's lots on offer there. Uh, so which does strengthen their position in the budget based market, I think, um, because more people are going to find them attractive, of course wider audience and wider appeal absolutely i would say i think i think for that price range i'd, I'd be interested to try out as uh the a most affordable sire versus like the standard harley benton i think that would be an interesting fight because i feel like sire have the market of the three to five hundred pounds but harley benton probably have the market on the mm. under that overall um, because they've got so many good quality bases for that Yeah, price. and they've been operating in that price range for a very long time, both in the Ugh. guitar and the bass department. But yeah, I think um, I would still give it to Sire as the best budget-based manufacturer. Second place would be Harley Benton, and not Ugh. not very far behind, really, giving Harley Benton the second spot, especially now. like that. Um, I forgot the name of the range, uh, that gold series where they had like a Sandberg-style bass that, that you got hold of. Yeah. That looks really, really impressive. It's best playing budget, quotes, bass yeah. I've ever tried. Like, it, out of the box, just plays so good. So nice. good. I didn't love the sounds, but I think it... Oh, right, okay. You can... I mean, it didn't sound bad, of course, but you could... You know, I'd much rather have an amazing playing bass that doesn't sound so good than the other way around. I'm doing the thing where I'm a bad fan and uh, I let slip that I haven't watched whatever video it is that you filmed on it. Just kidding. Just kidding. I know. Sorry. Sorry. Um, before we sign off on this one, why, why, is, why isn't Squire being mentioned here? Squire probably the biggest brand in this market. Oh, they've got to be. Yeah. Why are they not in the top spot? Why are they so popular? Obviously, we know why they're popular. It's Fender. But why are they not the best? I think it. I think for me, it's because I don't. I just see them as Fender, but cheap. Whereas Harley Benton and Sire, I see as like we're our own company, and we're trying to be the best we can be. And I'm. I'm sure there are people at Squire who think you know we want to do as good a job as we possibly can. But I just don't see. Every time I see a Squire base, I always think, Ah, oh, you're just. You're just Fender, but you've tried to cut the costs down and make it more affordable. Not that there's anything wrong with that, of course. I just see more innovation and Ugh. more, this might just be better marketing, but more passion from someone like Sire 
you don't see a lot of big artists playing squire but you might see a couple of decent people playing sire verses i mean marcus miller stopped playing fenders and then started playing sires which is a very if you watch the interview on scott's bass lessons about that it's really interesting because these fender basically said to him like we're really sorry but you know you need to pick one and he went i'm well i've been with you guys for decades and i'm going to go with the one that speaks to the um consumer more like students because that's how sire approached and they said we can make something as good as your american jazz bass but affordable to a student and he didn't believe them yeah and they proved him wrong yeah absolutely um i think that's a you know all great points i think with sire oh god this is gonna make it confusing isn't it it's hard isn't it squire um they're the innovation thing is a good point where you not get what is the selling point really you know why would i choose that over something that has the the roll fretboard edges etc cetera, etc cetera, and like all these great functions and features now i'm about to throw a spanner in the works and oh go on then um because i had these squire 40th anniversary p base and the sire p5 and i sold one of them which do you think it was that I sold? I mean, I can see over your shoulder you've still got the... Uh... <laughs> yes, however, though, that's like a anniversary limited edition. Did they put a bit more effort into that one than maybe the others? Uh, yeah, yeah. Do you know what? I think you're right. Yeah, they, they definitely did. It's a step yeah. above the classic vibe frame. So in general, perhaps, yes, that might be an unfair comparison. I think that one came down to personal reference as well if that one had the rolled fretboards on the edge on the oh yeah on the edges of the fretboard that would be insane like perfect combination but i think a couple of things i've heard the look of this and the satin body and satin you know the neck and i was like ah i'll, I'll go with that one I, I think it sounded a bit better um so i'm not unhappy with my decision um but i thought it was interesting that i'm saying that yeah sire buff free squire blow them out of the water mate and then i was like oh yeah I was a bit of a hypocrite there. You absolute hypocrite. But we're talking more generally, I suppose, not in specifics. There'll absolutely be cases when someone's like, like the headstock thing, where someone's like, nah, I don't really want that. Sire, I want the squire. So there we go. There we go. Um, Let us know uh, what budget-based brand you think is the best. Um, on wherever you're listening to this or reach out to us and let us know what you thought about that topic and this uh, podcast and episode in general. Um, Chris, where can people find you on the interwebs? You can find me quite literally everywhere under that guy on base. Uh, give me a follow on Instagram. That's kind of the place I do pretty much everything. I've been saying for several months now I will do something on YouTube, uh, but I haven't. Starting to think I never will, but I still mind do. So if you could give me a, if you could uh, drop me a follow or subscribe or whatever, whatever the call to action is on that platform, that would be very nice. Lovely. The sexual tension of us waiting for you to do so on YouTube is unbearable. I know, and it's going to be so mediocre when I finally get around to doing it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, uh, go and follow me on Instagram at Johnny Dibble. Um, same on TikTok, but at Johnny Dibble Bass. I'm 
trying to get better at doing that, but failing miserably as I've realized I'm very out of touch now. <laughs> but hey ho, subscribe to me on YouTube if you want to see the main, where the main content's at. Uh, and make sure that you, if you listening, uh, Ian, if there's an Ian listening, they're going to be really uh, on edge now. Talking to you, Ian. Uh, make sure that you rate this podcast five stars on your listening platform of choice, whether that's Apple, whether that's Spotify. Give us five stars. It really helps science do with algorithms, etc., to reach more people and bless them with low-end love. Um, once again, thank you so much for listening, everyone. We'll see you next time. Ta-ta. softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.